Welcome to Hindsight. I'm Rashani. As always, I'm joined by my right hand, Brandon. And today we are joined by the internet bestie, the one who's always there, the leader of the Geeks Gone Raw Collective, Scar. Scar, what's going on with you? What's going on, brothers? Nothing at all. That's literally the shortest intro you've ever had in your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, just, I didn't. I, I that's just, not a challenge. <laughs> no, I just. You know, after after all of these years, like once once I in February, um, the show is the show has been around. Uh, Scarcasm Live has been around for ten years. Yes. And I just realized that like I don't have a very good economy of words. Like I use a lot of words, and it's just like. It, none of this is really needed like i can i can do this with less words so Let's i just you decided that, that. I, i'm i'm proud of some when <laughs> the word you took out of your lexicon was sun and you kept it that way i'm proud of I you still for that. say it i just don't say it around y'all i, I wish you would i, I wish I, I wish you would these motherfuckers bullied me out of saying son go ahead and say it go ahead say it <laughs> go ahead what what they bullied me for a whole episode. What? 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 What, son? What? What? Yeah, that's what I thought. So, <laughs> today, today, we are Those here. Those people to... were right about you. <laughs> <laughs> today, we are here to review one of the lasting um, classics in not just black cinema, but in cinema as a whole, I think that this movie, uh, as as people would say, um, it stood the test of time. Like it's 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 bonafide. Um, Did it though? It made it into the Library of Congress mm -hmm. in two thousand two. It's bonafide. Okay. Um, Boys in the Hood, um, and Boys in the Hood is one of those movies that when you do see it, you can't unsee it. Um, either because for white folks, the graphic nature of it, for black folks, I think it was more of the story that they were trying to give to us. Uh, unfortunately, when I first saw the movie, I was 11. So the story went <laughs> right over my entire head. And, um, and my memories of this movie as an 11 year old are much different from my viewing of this movie as an adult. But Scar, when you first saw this movie, what were your initial thoughts of Boys in the Hood? Well, I mean, I'm from Virginia, so like I ain't never seen nothing like this before. Like the idea of like this is what's happening. <clears throat> excuse me. The the idea that this is what's happening in California was just like I never want to go there. Those poor kids. Like I never want to go to California. Like never. Um, and it was just like, you know, it. And as an adult, it doesn't seem as much like a flashing neon danger sign as it did when I was 12. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> as, it, as, it, uh, as an adult, it, it doesn't come off the same. But at the time I saw it, it was definitely uh, just a, a movie of, of just a flashing neon danger sign for California. Nigga, when white folks initially saw this movie, their whole sign was this. I hear it. 
Wait, what? I motioned. I motioned. I was like, no sound. Oh, shit. Hold on. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? That was every white person that I saw on in in the neighborhood after that happened. That was every white person at my school. They were just like, it felt like they had just seen Roots for the first time when I saw Boys in the Hood. Like, no, I've never seen Roots. You're lucky. Roots led to fights every year at my school. Like every year yeah. they showed around Black History Month, and every year there was a race riot. Every year. No, not did did Roots lead to more fights than than Rosewood? Rosewood. We, when Rosewood came out, I'd already graduated. But when when Roots came out, nigga, like they thought that they were doing us a favor. I think they didn't show Roots in Virginia because that's where it all started. Anyhow, um, <laughs> anyhow, um, Boys in the Hood is known is is as follows. The story is as follows. It follows the lives of three young males living in the Crenshaw ghetto of Los Angeles dissecting questions of race, relationships, violence, and future events. When I was 11, Boys in the Hood was a movie about jerry curls, gangsters, doughboy, and I know that place. I know that place. That's, that's what it was when I was 11. Um, when I was 11, we went and saw this in the theater, um, and there was shooting outside of the theater um they actually ended up blaming this movie and um new jack city uh for violence in the ghettos like like for violence in movie theaters and they wanted to get it banned from theaters um brandon what was your first memory of seeing boys in the hood uh i saw this not too much longer after i probably saw this when i was uh, maybe 10 to 12 years old. Um, and so I don't really remember what I thought of it at, at the time. Um, I just remember finding it interesting. Oh, I do remember. I remember being from Baltimore and being like, why are the people in California always so angry? They got yards and driveways. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand. Sunny, every, everyone, every time they had the hood movies in California, for someone who's like from the East Coast, it's like this is the hood. It's sunny. They got yards. People watering their lawn. Like they going outside and playing in the street. Like that's not what it's like in um, in the in the Northeast when you live in the bad parts of town. It's like you're crammed up in a 500 square foot apartment with a million other people in this building and this public housing. There's no grass. There's no trees. There's no sunshine. And so it was just, it's always, it was always startling for me as a child to be like, yeah, it can be, it can be different and still be just as bad. But I got nothing. Like growing up where you grew up was like probably pretty fucking horrible. Oh, that's why we banged. We're so angry. We didn't own shit. We didn't own our turf, son. (laughs) We were fighting over four square blocks of turf. Our turf, our little turf. Can you dig it? Oh, sorry. Wrong review. Um, but as an adult rewatching it really quick I thought this was the film this was a much better version of Menace to Society um, mm. like 
infinitely better version of Menace to Society. Which is funny um, because this movie this, came out before Menace. Right. That's why like, when we did their reviews, like this movie did everything that that movie was trying to do, like get you to understand how bad it is in the hood and how people, you know, don't have choices sometimes or they do have choices. But they were able to put in characters that balance that out. Like when we talked about in that Menace video, it was like there was no balance in that movie. It was just all one side. This had people to balance out the other side that gave you a more complete story of what it was probably like to live in that area during that time. Boys in the Hood is a story of a young man named Trey, Trey Styles, which was just the best name. Trey Styles. In hindsight, I wonder if his name was Furious the Third, and that's why his name uh, was Trey. It was. His name was Furious. Nigga's name was Furious. <laughs> yes. The nigga name was Furious. Like he had Larry. it on his on his placard at work. <laughs> <laughs> he worked as a financial advisor, and he had Furious. <laughs> <laughs> how he ever got any work in corporate america is amazing a big bald black dude in the 90s named furious Furious. (laughs) like that doesn't work for anything um but furious styles the third uh was a rambunctious young man living we have no clue um when he was a kid uh and when he was about, I'd say, nine-ish, ten, him and his friends. I think they said ten in the movie. Okay, when he was ten, him and his friends went to school, and on their way to school, they went and they saw a dead body, and then they went to school, and uh, Trey, a.k.a. Little Furious, a.k.a. Little Theory, um was a class clown, uh, was goofing off in class. The teacher was, he wasn't goofing off, he was drawing. Teacher should have really left him the fuck alone. But he was saying shit. He, he was a shit talker uh, when he was younger. And it was actually, one thing that was actually funny to me was the difference in Trey when he was a kid versus when he was an adult. Uh, because when he was a kid, he was a class clown shit talker. Uh, and when he became Cuba Gooden Jr., the 36-year-old, 17-year-old, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't think that we give that as much credit as it is as it deserves that Cuba Gooding Jr. really looked like he was older than fucking Larry Fishburne in this movie. <laughs> accurate. <laughs> like, accurate. I'm Furious Styles and you Furious Styles the third. Um but he's sitting in class. The teacher is talking about Thanksgiving. She says that she makes up a lie about how white folks were helped by the Indians and didn't try and eradicate their asses. Uh, And she asked the kids, what are they called? And everybody in the class said the Pilgrims, except for Furious III, who was like, the Penguins. Nobody said the nigga was funny. I don't want to point out, I don't want y'all to think that he had jokes. Uh, He was just a class clown, there's a difference. So he said the Penguins and the teacher who is teaching in the hood and probably is like, I, I just, I just, I just, I don't know. I just want to transfer to Beverly Hills. I just want to work close to the home. I don't, I don't get it. I don't. That lady I, ain't living no damn Beverly Hills. She like, she lived in oh, no. Venice. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but 
I want to, I want to, um, I want to go to Beverly Hills where I can also teach high schoolers that look like they're 35. Dude, dude, every <laughs> high schooler. But so she was like, I was yo. speaking of 90210 for anyone that didn't catch that. Because Brandon was 35 and so was, no, because Donna was 35. What was that? What? No, fuck it. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Andrea, Andrea was 35. Thank you. They don't all ask look, me shit about that show. Right? <laughs> they they all, the names just blend. Um, so, she's like, she's like, if you think you're so smart, why don't you get up here and teach the fucking class because I'm done with this shit. This is bullshit. You're bullshit. I'm talking about fucking pilgrims. Y'all ain't even wearing jackets, so it clearly ain't really Thanksgiving out here. Why don't you come up here and speak your truth? And Furious, little Fury, who every day to school, wears a fucking long sleeve button up like he's going to church and blue jeans was like, sure, I'll come up and teach the class. So <laughs> he came up to teach the class and this happens. Would you like to come up and teach the class? Yeah, I can do that. Very well, come on up, instruct us. Short sleeve shirts in Thanksgiving. And what will be the basis of your lecture? What? What are you going to talk about? Tell you if you let me talk, shoot. <laughs> okay. All right, does anybody know what the name of this place is? That's Africa. I know that. That's right, that's Africa. But did you know that Africa is the place where the body of the first man was found? My daddy says that makes it a place where all people originated from. That means everybody's really from Africa. Everybody. All y'all. Everybody. I'm from Africa. I'm from Crenshaw Mafia. <laughs> like it or not, you're from Africa. I'm from Africa. You from Africa, you African booty scratcher. <laughs> Punk, I'll kick your ass. Okay, boys, that's enough. Count to ten and be quiet. I'll get my brother shoot you in the face. Get your punk ass brother, Trey. bitch. I get my daddy. Trey. This I got one, motherfucker. Ain't your That's bitch. It. Enough. Ain't nobody's bitch. Bobby, bitch. Are you listening? Now that escalated fast, rather rapidly, right? <laughs> that went from <laughs> zero to a hundred real fast. Hey, like, and it was it was little furious. <laughs> but see, it's there's one of those things like always being the like the darkest brother out of all of my friends, like the African booty scratcher thing not age, is a is an escalation is an escalation at that age. Like that is like for real. I, I mean that's the African booty at, at at this age, the African booty scratcher is worse than the bitch. Yeah. African booty scratcher at that age probably would have hit me harder than nigger. Because I wouldn't have known what nigger was, but I knew what African booty scratcher was at the age of 10. Also, where did that come from? African booty scratcher? White people? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it had to be. Tom and Jerry, most likely. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, one thing I do want to point out about this scene, uh, and this is maybe foreshadowing, the Crenshaw Mafia... For those of y'all who don't know, Crenshaw Mafia were Bloods. Uh, the Rolling Sixties oh. were Crips, and the uh, movie was supposed to depict uh, most of the characters in the movie who were the good guys were Rolling Sixties Crips. 
whereas the Bloods were Crenshaw Mafia. Sometimes I sit back huh. and wonder if one of the guys who were in that car who shot Ricky was that kid who Trey just fought against. You know what? That would have been oh. a good callback. Mm -hmm. That would have been a good callback. Mm-hmm. I that think about that. Callback. I think about that while I'm watching while, while I was watching the movie. Like, oh, he said he's in Crenshaw Mafia. When I was growing up, it was like, oh, Crenshaw Mafia, whatever. But now you think about it, you're like, okay. Uh, so Trey beats the beats that kid with a stick. <laughs> Like, I mean, don't run up on me. Stick. I got a stick. <laughs> you gave me a stick. Like, <laughs> you gave me a stick. Why you Why you suspending me? The teacher calls home immediately. Says racist stuff, like discriminatory stuff, like stereotypical stuff. Stereotypical. Let's call it stereotypical stuff about Trey's mom. Does he have a father? Yes. Uh, yes. Do you have a job? <laughs> <laughs> and and Trey's mom is like, you know what? I'm so mad. He ain't coming back to your school no more. He gonna go live with his daddy. Because Trey had signed a contract saying, if I fuck up again, I gotta go live with Furious. So Trey goes and stays with Furious. His mom drops him off and she's like, look, as soon as I graduate from school, I will be back to pick you up and never comes back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're not, we not gonna mention that his parents are Ike and Tina. Nigga. No. I didn't even think about what? that, but they literally are because his mom is Angela Bassett. His parents are Ike and Tina. Oh, yeah, you're right. Damn. <laughs> um, but she drops him off and literally never comes back. I just want to point out real early in this movie that I I, I did recognize that John Singleton seems to have true issues with black women. <laughs> um Every black woman in this film is a fucking villain. Um, they, between uh, Trey's Not Brandy. mom. No, Brandy was the only one. Yeah. But they were either hoochies, to quote the movie's ling lingo, Trey's mom or Doughboy's mom, or the teacher. And Doughboy's mom, as we all know, is probably the worst person in the entire movie. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, she's so. Oh. Um, Trey gets sent to live with his dad, Furious. He looks around the house. He sees it as fucking filthy. And then Furious is like, yo, nigga. First of all, before that even happens, he asks Trey's two friends, Little Chris and Doughboy, if they want to make some money raking his lawn. And Chris is like, how much? And Furious is like, five bucks. And Chris is like, fuck you. I can get that much money doing nothing. And so Furious is like, I right, little nigga, I ain't tripping. My son is here. You raised the line. <laughs> Which is a early 90s dad thing to do. Make you rake the entire lawn by yourself. There better not be one leaf on the lawn. And as you're watching the movie, as you watch that scene, you see him raking the lawn by himself. Notice the tree off screen that is literally dropping leaves as he's raking the lawn. <laughs> like it is. <laughs> But that's why you have kids. You have kids. So eventually they will grow up to do the things you don't want to do. But nigga, here's a thought. <laughs> He's right. He is right. That is a mindset. But here's another one. What damage are these leaves really doing to your lawn? It looked bad. Nigga, mm. you in the hood. You, you think that you live you across the street. Oh. You live across you the street from an A1 authentic crackhead. 
You, you they don't think that that, crack, that that crackhead is home all the time, so you know that they in charge of the homeowners association. You know <laughs> that shit. <laughs> he don't rake his lawn. Um, that's right. <laughs> seriously, Fury's um, the type of nigga that would that would mess it up on purpose just to make him do it. He would. Yep. Yeah. He'd be like, "This isn't right," and to just dump the bag out. Because I don't believe a nigga that got a bench press in the middle of his living room is and a filthy ass person. toilet. <laughs> That's not that that will just have that shit all over the place. Now nah, he messed that shit up on purpose. His toilet looked like a scene from The Devil's Advocate. <laughs> that didn't make no sense. I don't care. Nah, don't it, care. it looked like the painting from The Devil's Advocate. That scene, <laughs> that that toilet was just bad, like all bad. Um. So he makes his son clean the toilet and the fucking tub, all that tub. And um, then Trey the next day comes out because it takes him the rest of the day to rake the lawn and clean the house. And Trey comes out the next day to run into his friends, little Chris, Doughboy, and Ricky. And uh, before we meet Doughboy, or before we meet Ricky, we have to go through Doe and Rick's mom, who, as I said just a few moments ago, is a horrible person for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Still haven't figured it out. Oh, I know. I definitely know people like this. You ain't shit. You're just like your dad. You don't do shit, and you never gonna amount to shit. All you ever do around here is eat, sleep, and shit. Look at this place. Way y'all act, y'all must think I'm the maid. Is that it? I gotta go. Hell no, it ain't it. It ain't it till I say it's it, damn it. Is that it? Boy, don't get smart with me, because I'll knock your ass in the middle of next week. And where you going anywhere, you little fat fuck? You ain't got a job. Put that little fuck on my porch. I mean... Seriously, I mean, and the like, fact that she stood there, and both of her sons were right there, and she just laid into one of them for no fucking reason. It seemed like, mm-hmm. like, and the other one was just perfectly fine. And that that is the that is the part as a parent that is the part that 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 pisses me off the most. Like that how how even how unevenly she treated her children. Now, at that point, she doesn't know that her son is going to be a football star and is possibly going to get something out of this. Mm-hmm. She, she just knows that she has two children. One of them seems to be lazy. So, like, she just decides but to are they in. from different daddies? And that's the reason are why, from- in hindsight, I think that that's the reason why she doesn't like Doughboy. I think yeah. his dad played her out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And just left him behind, and and it's sad that that actually does happen. Um, but still, to see it happen so starkly, and as a father, as a person, to see it, it's like, damn, that's heartbreaking. That kid is already set up for failure at the beginning of the fucking movie. Hey, I know that person. Sadly, though, that's not like terribly uncommon. Like mm-hmm. when I used to go visit my family in like in Virginia, in the country they live in the eastern shore of Virginia, so real country. And mm-hmm. it would that would just kind of be the thing. It would just be like, you know, I pay the bills, so I can talk to you however the fuck I want to talk to you. And that's what you get. 
Mm-mm. Them in the relationships where it's like, why don't you talk to me no more? Why don't I get to see my grandchildren? Why don't you ever come by for dinner? And it's like, do you remember when you called me a fat piece of shit? Um, I really do want to give Tyra Farrell a ton of credit for how she was in this movie. Because mm-hmm. that was straight venom. And it was constant throughout the movie. Um, they will go to see a dead body because Chris knows where a dead body is. Uh, Trey uh, shouldn't be shocked because he saw one when he beat up the kid at school. And and him and the him and the little boy were friends. They went to see the dead body together. Mm-hmm. And then shit falls apart. Um, and then um, all of a sudden they. Uh, Rick comes out the house with his football. A gangbanger comes up and says, Rick, let our, hey, little homie, hey, let me see that football. Chris knows the gangbanger. He's like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> you know. Rick's like, but, hmm? His accent, though, the, 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 like, I don't know what accent that was. I ain't going to take it. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Come on, little homie. I ain't going to take it. Shit, I could buy a million balls. It's like, what kind of shitty Southern accent is this supposed to be? There definitely wasn't no Southern California accent. (laughs) Hell no. Absolutely (laughs) not. Shit, come on, little homie. I ain't going to take your ball. Shit. But uh, they took his ball. (laughs) 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 So, So anyway, they had their feet on the couch. They took his ball. And um, started playing with it. And Doughboy, who looks at Rick every day, watches Rick get coddled by his mom every day, probably truly resents Rick for the relationship that he has with his mom that Doughboy can't have with his mom, was like, you stupid fucker. I told you not to give him the ball. And Rick just doesn't say anything. So Doughboy, being Rick's biggest agitator, but also loving his brother and just wanting that love that his brother gets from his mom to be reciprocated onto him goes to fucking fight a gangbanger. Like at the age of like 10 goes to fight a gang member to get his brother's football back. Completely unafraid. This dude has no healthy respect for his own life at this point, probably because of his mom, but Mm -hmm. he is completely unafraid to walk to this grown ass man. Like yeah, people always talk back. about people always talk about fear being a bad thing, but like sometimes like fear is healthy. Like being able to know what you don't know and what not to do sometimes. Because at this point, like if we were the other game, like I'm surprised. I feel like if this was a modern telling of the story, the the gangbangers would have been like, oh yeah, we need to keep an eye on this dude, like because they probably would have respected a ten year old stepping to. Uh, mm-hmm. To you at that at that age, and they would probably would have probably tried to initiate him into the gang or whatever. And that might have been what happened because, like I said, all of them in that age group are all of them when they get older are rolling sixties. So it may have played out that way. Uh, but it's still interesting to see Doughboy put his own life in danger to protect his brother because I feel like that will, that was what was drilled into his head by his mom is that 
Ricky is the special one. Ricky is the golden child. And Scar, I know as a middle child, you've had experiences where folks are like, yo, you're not it. This one is it. Whether they say it or whether it's in, internal, you know Bruh. that feeling. So you got to watch out for this person. Uh, I'm an extreme ain't middle child. I'm an extreme middle child. So like, I have all of this. <laughs> all of this. That That idea of like, you know, like wondering why your siblings are treated differently than you. Um, being the extreme middle child was beneficial to me because I was the one everybody ignored. So I was able to learn from everyone else's mistakes, but I did have that Marsha, Marsha, Marsha feeling my whole life um, where, where everyone around me seemed to be, uh, it seemed to be holding a different place in my parents' hearts than me. Mm. Uh, and like, in there's times where I did have to, I did feel like I had to do something to, to, to prove my worth as a, as a sibling, as, as a, you know, like that type of thing. So I 100% understand Doughboy in that moment. And so he's trying to show his worth repeatedly to his mom, uh, through protection of his brother, but also trying to show his worth to his brother through that just straight up word the same exact age or I'm a little bit older than you I have to show you that I'm the alpha when mom's not around like she may want you to be the king but I'm the king and you're scar around this piece um to quote you know go back to the lion king um I thought you was taking a shot at me I was like no, yo what the fuck dog nah nah not <laughs> this time um my shots are overt um now after he runs up on the gang member the gang member is fucking with him the another game banger tells the first game banger, yo, give the little nigga his ball back. And he's about to until Doughboy kicks him. At which point he decides to punch Doughboy and beat him up, kick him in the in the stomach and all that kind of stuff. And then they walk off with the ball. Rick gets his ball back. This is important because Doughboy has done all this work to get the ball back. Rick gets the ball because the other big crip throws him the ball back because he feels bad for his pouting ass. And throws him the ball. So Ricky never turns to Doughboy and acknowledges what he's done. He never said thank you. He never said, yo, you did that for me. He never went back and told his mom about what Doughboy did for him. He never did any of that. He just took his ball and started walking off like he expected to get it. Doughboy, meanwhile, is hurt, humiliated, and waiting for some sort of affirmation. When he doesn't get it, he's like, fuck it, I'm going to the store. Ricky, instead of again saying thank you, turns to him and says, you ain't got no money. And Doughboy's like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. So him and little Chris go to the store. Apparently, whatever they stole was enough to keep that motherfucker in jail for the next 12 years. Don't how long they were supposed to be seven in jail? Years. Nah, he was there for seven years at least. But seven years, what the fuck did he steal? Was it a car? Was it a was it a, a fucking? Did he knock over a, a a cash register? Like what exactly did he do? Now I know we still the car. I know we, uh, you know, we are looking at this from like a now perspective, uh, but thinking about this, trying to figure out what this was in the nineties. But like we have people now that think that a black man deserves to die over some cigarillos. That is very true. And I was just now thinking while you were saying that, that a black kid stealing something who may have a unrepentant 
attitude and a mom who's like, yo, he needs to be taught a lesson. I can almost close my eyes and picture her in court saying he needs to be taught a lesson and he gets seven years. I can see that 100%. But he gets out. They go seven years later. Uh, Trey has changed from being little furious into old man Cuba. (laughs) (laughs) What looks so old, bro? (laughs) Like old face. Everybody else looks young. Everybody. Yo-Yo looks young. She's in the movie. Regina Hall looks young. She's in the movie. Nia Long looks young. She's in the movie. Regina King, thank you. She's in the movie. Uh, Morris Chestnut looks young. He's in the movie. Ice Cube looks 22. So he was 23 at the time. Makes sense. So. And, and, and can we, can we, can we acknowledge that how the fuck did that kid grow up to be such a fucking herb? Like, yo, he was, he was such a fucking herb. He was such a fucking jackass when he was a kid. What the fuck? You're living with nah, he was fucking styles. And he grew up to be he a herb. He cool. Yeah, Furious seemed cool. Like, how did you grow up to be a herb? Right? Like, I can see your mom talking that out of you and calming you down and all that kind of stuff because his mom seemed like she was a kind of laid-back person who would only get mad. But she ain't been back. She ain't been back. And so your dad, you're basically living in a bachelor pad with your dad. What exactly happened? You also forgot the the part where where Larry uh, blasted them two holes through his door. (laughs) <laughs> oh yes. Now here's the thing about him blasting those two holes from the in, through the door, and I have watched this video a few times. Uh, we do this every so often when we point out things that just something something we call it the key sweat uh, scene because something just ain't right. When he hears the man walking through his house. He sees the man through a design in his wall, like a diamond design in his wall. The man is coming from an angle through the diamond design in the wall. When he jumps out and starts shooting, it shows holes directly through his door. Then when they show the door open and him come out, though that diamond shaped design is no longer there, that wall is no longer there, and his bedroom door is right there, looking straight on to his weight bench. <laughs> None of which was there when he first jumped out and started shooting. I watched that like three or four times, like, wait, what? But yeah, he popped out with that, that hand cannon <laughs> magnum and just started blasting on a nigga. Meanwhile, almost killed his son. Because his son had just walked into the bathroom as he jumped out blasting. And then Captain Coon shows up. Captain Coon, see you in. With, with the <laughs> accent to you over the top of it. Captain Coon shows up and was like, hey, little nigga, did you? First of all, Little Furious was like, I wish you had killed him. I and know. Furious was like, nah, don't say that. That would just be adding to the death of another brother. Nigga, you told the cop you was aiming at his head. Or you told Trey you was aiming at his head. I was aiming at his head. Well, I wish you had killed him. Nah, that would just be adding to the death of more brothers in our neighborhood. Nigga, what? 
<laughs> yeah, after after just saying I intended to kill him, but not really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to kill him. Loki Furious had a Furious had a registered gun in South Central LA in 1989 or whatever that shit was, 86 or whatever that was, which is pretty interesting. The cops didn't even ask him. They didn't pretty even like talk about his gun. They were just like fucking with him. That I by would... the way. That cop is the worst person in the movie, right? No. He's got to be the worst person. No. Doughboy's mom is the worst person in the movie. No, he isn't. I mean, he's bad, but the racism that he has, that hatred that he has, isn't quite the same as just the everyday Chinese water torture hatred that Doughboy's mom is dripping on him every moment of every day of his life like it didn't stop after he became a, after he went to jail and came back out she was still hating him she was still shading him all the way through to the end of the movie all the way up to the day he died she hated his guts so imagine having somebody who's a bully but only to you That's crazy. Like, that's concentrated hate, nigga. That is straight up needlepoint hate. And for a kid, that can be brutal. I don't care what that cop did. I know he was a fuck up. I know he was a horrible person. But So what do you think? Mm -hmm. So what do you think John Singleton was trying to do with the white cop? Because he always had the white cop just sitting over there to the side looking like this nigga's going too far, but I don't want to say anything. Like, was he trying to, like, flip it? Like, was he trying to be like, the black cops are the real problems in the hood and the white cops are trying to save us? You know what? That's a good question. Because both times, the white cop was standing right there on the side like, yo, this nigga crazy. And I wonder if they were the same team when he got older and the cops pulled him over. Was it the same white cop in there with the black cop? I don't remember. But yeah, I don't remember if it was the same white cop. But I know that first time that white cop was sitting over there like silent as shit. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> yo, this nigga bugging. Yo, and he just came out and said, "I wish you would shot him." Like he didn't even he didn't even pull a gun on him the first time. The second time, there'd be one less nigga in the streets. You shouldn't talk like that, even though I had just said a few seconds ago I was literally trying to dome a nigga. Like I, was, <laughs> I mean, I was trying. I was just trying to kill him, but like a little bit. But since you talking to shit like you a real racist, let me get Furious Styles Militant on you. There's something wrong here. It's just too bad you don't know what it is, brother. Nigga, you just aimed at his head. <laughs> I mean, yes, it was an hour ago. Yes, you calmed down. Yes, you're mad at him because it took an hour for it to happen. So does pizza deliveries. Calm down. Nigga, you just tried to dome a nigga. <laughs> you pizza almost- deliveries take an hour? Back in the 90s. Certain areas. Okay. Why isn't they started so, up that hall if it didn't get here in 30 minutes or less? Shit was free. Oh, yeah, that's true. So we're supposed to believe, so according to the storyline, after the dude ran away, him and Trey just sat outside in the stoop for an hour waiting for the cops. Mm-hmm. Talking shit about how he wanted to murder him. Like, that 
felt like that was the very last thing that was said because that was right as the cop was pulling up. What the fuck they talk about for the first part of that hour? <laughs> Did Trey tell him that I pissed myself, Daddy? <laughs> when, when you shot that bullet directly past my head? I was in the bathroom. Oh, you were in the bathroom? Yeah, I was in the bathroom when you hopped out like Rambo, when you hopped out like Dirty Harry and just started firing. You almost killed me, Daddy. Can I go home? <laughs> Is Bro, my mom gonna pick me up? Did he call his mom? Did he let his mom know that dad just almost got robbed and almost got murdered? Did any of this happen? My kids would have snitched. <laughs> yeah. hey. Dad hopped out like Sambo. <laughs> hey, if you want me to not tell mom that you almost murdered me, nigga, you better get me a Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Or, and or then when, the next thing that I, we jumped to grow, earlier. When I grow up, give me that shirt that Theo wanted. <laughs> so the other question I had that's right around this time in the film for y'all is, was Doughboy's mama, like, trying to fuck Furious? Yes. Was that yes. what that was about? Okay. Fucking and Shade. Fucking yep. and Shade. Okay. Those were the two things that were happening. I know he don't think he better than the rest of us. Translation, why won't he fuck me? Is he still with that same girlfriend? I don't know. I know he don't think he better than the rest of us. I wonder if she's nicer than me. Mm. <laughs> but you see, he didn't come to near one of her parties, so something happened where she either pressed None up too hard or he's literally sat there again, again. He has sat there and watched her demonize that young man, Doughboy. I feel like he was trying to impart wisdom upon all of them and that's why when he saw Doughboy he was talking with him and everything like yo kicking it with him whatever it may be because he wasn't getting no support from his from his mom at home mm-hmm. I really well he said that in the, right before this he said like you know I'm trying to teach you this watch how they turn out yep it was a little over the top but it was foreshadowing I mean, don't worry if that was a little bit over the top. The foreshadowing will get a little bit easier to recognize as time goes on in this movie. <laughs> so, they, uh, Doughboy goes to jail, gets out of jail. They have a getting out of jail party for him, which shocked me because his mom thinks he ain't shit. Um, Ricky. <laughs> you know that was baby. somebody else's idea. Like, that was definitely somebody else's idea. I that think was- it was Ricky's baby mama's idea, even though Ricky's baby mama don't like him either. I don't know whose idea that was at the rap party. She wasn't going to have it at her house. But Ricky's got a baby. Ricky's baby mama lives at the house with them. Like, they're married. So not baby mama. I guess that's his wife. I don't know because... Hold on, they was married? I don't know. Doughboy says at one point, nigga, that's your wife. Go to the store for her yourself. Um, but oh, they call shit. Randy each mind. other's wife, too. So I don't really know. Um, but they get out of jail. He gets out of jail. They're sitting down and playing dominoes. Uh, him, Monster, Dookie, Little Chris. I don't know what happened to Little Chris in jail, but that nigga's paralyzed. Yeah. I'll, I'll see, I was going to ask y'all that. I thought I fell asleep for like a second or I forgot something. Because I looked up and I was like, what happened to him? Did they show what happened to him or did they say what happened to him? Nope. nope. So I guess and I just missed it. <laughs> honestly, after the beginning of the movie, they were just like, all right, little Chris, go do some wheelie tricks with your with your wheelchair. We don't really need you for the rest of the movie. Because his role for the rest of the movie was effectively taken up by Dookie. Who also, Nick, Nick, nigga's nickname was Dookie. 
not D-U-K-I-E, but D-O-O-K-Y, like Dookie Braves, like Dookie. And I would be quite put out if my nickname was Dookie. And you know his full name if he was a crit was Dookie Loke, which is just fucked up. <laughs> what up, Dookie Loke? <laughs> oh, I hate life. <laughs> like, man, I hate life. Can y'all stop calling me that? Uh, but anyways, uh, they sitting there playing Whatever dominoes. happened to that dude? Who, Dookie? I think he got murdered. Played him. I am pretty life? certain he died in real life. Because when you go to uh, YouTube and look at oh, some yeah. of Oh, yeah. It says he was fatally shot during an argument at a drag race in Southern California racetrack in 1994. So he died three years later. Sounds Damn. about right. Poor Dookie. He did Boys in the Hood, Higher Learning, and Poetic Justice. He did that. I mean, shit. All he needed was menace, right? Right. He almost <laughs> right. had the Negro... Uh, Negro Quartet. Right? Dedrick Gobert. Rest in peace, Dookie. Um, mm. Mm. But, so, they're sitting there at the table playing dominoes. He had finally beat Monster. Monster was beating the shit out of him. Monster is quietly a monster when it comes to dominoes, I guess. Monster's like, nigga, I done beat you three times. Let's go ahead and play again. Doughboy, who's played by Ice Cube as an adult, and has morphed into a really upstanding young man. Says not nah, fuck that. I beat you. Let's play spades now. This nigga has been gone and been locked up for so long, and then all of a sudden there's a motherfucking ghetto philosopher. Right. Like when the fuck did this happen? Like when when did you learn about what you think what you think I guess about women? Like when the fuck did you learn that? You've been locked up with a whole bunch of niggas. Nigga hopped out and was just like the primary source of information for everybody talking religion talking women talking the hood well you know he had about time true domino motherfuckers say about that Ooh, that ain't shit i beat your ass three times already that's just one time nigga let's play again fuck that I won't play no more. Let's bust some spags. Yeah, I'm with that gang. Bust some spags. Cool. By the way, before we go any further, the 90s, 91 was the year of grown-ass men sucking on pacifiers. Okay, let's play. What was that? Something like that. Yeah, it was a West Coast thing. I had a pacifier for a second, but in my what? defense, I was a baby. Okay. I have something to suck on. Cut that, Jake. Right. I want one of them hoochies over there. Dookie, you full of shit. You know, bitch, with the yard, you ass no pussy. Also, Dookie's full of shit. I bet you I get more pussy than you. Yeah. I heard you be getting that dope head pussy. See me? I get more pussy, you probably get air with your wannabe Mac Daddy. Wanna be Mac? Who you call a wannabe Mac Daddy? You, nigga. No pussy getting motherfucker. <clears throat> Fucking them dope heads and stupid ass, nigga. Look, you don't know what I be getting. I be fucking no dope heads. I might let them suck my dick, but I don't be fucking them. And they got AIDS and shit. Stupid motherfucker, don't you know you can catch that shit from letting them suck on your dick too? Thank you. See, 
No, no, here's my thing about that whole scene. Watching this as an adult, yo, the Foley artist was going way too hard on the fucking cards being slammed on the table. Yo, it was like this nigga was was the incredible hawk dealing out being mad as fuck as those cards. Because every card slam was like slap, 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 click, mark, click, click. It was, yo. Yo, he was whoever whoever did that sound effect was going way too hard for that. I it's worked like, hard for this sound effect. They gonna know it. <laughs> click, click. I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my shit in. <laughs> but whenever we get to don't be a menace, it's gonna be so good after watching all these. Yeah, just parroting all these movies because now after watching these. Now I just keep thinking of all these scenes. From <laughs> I'm just like, all of them are right here, right here. But, I mean... And, and the crazy part about Don't Be a Menace is they didn't really have to go too far with it. No, <laughs> they, they didn't. Really, no. They didn't they, it didn't take much to make this shit supposedly funny. Because it's all right there. Like, you want to be able to laugh at this conversation in the 90s. I'm sure in 91 they were laughing at this conversation. But as an adult, I'm like, yo, y'all ain't that far off. But at the same time, y'all are so far off in the way that y'all are talking about AIDS and AIDS awareness. Uh, and, like, and, and and the nigga who just got out of jail talking about how much pussy they get. Like, yo, what kind of pussy you been getting, dog? You straight out. You fresh out. Ain't even a conjugal. You fresh out. Fresh out. Um, so then... Uh, for the 1991, that's that's about right for that conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's I about mean, as good as you're gonna get in 1991. Because you know, crack has hit the scene; it's prevalent in the entire neighborhood. I bet he got some dope head uh, head from the um, woman across the street with the baby, who keep leaving her baby in the street. Well, uh, at least they had a conversation instead of doing that dumbass shit that they did in New Jack City where they have a conversation and then the camera tilts up and there's fucking graffiti that says crack kills right underneath the fucking message. <laughs> um, but uh, Cuba Gooden Jr. walks in, old man, old man Fury walks in and uh, his girlfriend is Brandy Nia Long, who looks incredible. Uh, and this nigga ignores her. With a face like that, you should not ignore her. And I don't mean Nia Long's face. I mean your face, nigga. Your face is old as shit. You should not. She walks over to him and says, hey. And he's like, hey, one second. He walks and she, he walks away from her. This is because she's not having sex with him. He feels that ignoring her and walking away from the conversation is going to make her want to have sex with him. <laughs> Nah, old face. That is even talking not, to Doughboy. He got some of that. He got some of that hood wisdom. That is not gonna help, old Greg Olden face motherfucker. <laughs> um, now somebody else was asking Doughboy why he was uh, why he knew so much, and Doughboy was like, "I ain't no criminal, 
I can read, motherfucker. No, he was like, I ain't been nothing, I ain't been doing nothing in the pen but lifting and reading. And Monster was like, reading? And he was like, I ain't no criminal. I can read, motherfucker. <laughs> he says, at a welcome home from the pen party <laughs> for himself. <laughs> or ipso facto, making him a criminal. Um that that struck me as a funny line. Um after that scene, Trey is walking a plate of barbecue across the street because that's something that's aged well. Like one thing that's aged well in anything is literally bringing home a plate from whatever barbecue you go to. The yes. barbecue slamming, you taking a plate home, which you no matter what. And if somebody from your family ain't that, able to go to the dirt, barbecue, yeah. if that's, that's that Dirk. That's how you know Dirk was with a sister. That brother used to c- c- carry plates to work. Like <laughs> he had a plate with some foil <laughs> on it to work. That's how you know. <laughs> that's how you know that shit was real. <laughs> Yo, you in Dallas, you better get with somebody. But um, the plate with the foil wrapped on top of it for his dad. He's walking back across the street. He sees the baby in the middle of the street. He tells the dope head to get your baby out the street and change her diaper. She stinks. Goes back out in the middle of the street. Almost gets ran over by Ferris and his friends from the uh, Crenshaw Mafia Bloods. Who shouldn't be rolling through that neighborhood? In hindsight, they almost run him over. Window rolls down. Dude in the back pulls out a shotgun. Aims it at Rick. Or aims it at, um, at Little Furious. Aims it at Trey. Trey staring at him with the head up, with the chin up look, like, like what you going to do? <laughs> they pull off and say, Mark, every single time Trey has a gun at his face, he makes the same face. <laughs> act hard, act hard, act, act hard. hard. <laughs> I didn't even do nothing. <laughs> um, goes back in his house, sits down, puts the plate in front of his older brother. <laughs> I call that dude his dad no more. Furious don't look older than Trey. <laughs> he puts the plate in front of his cousin. And um, he's like, hey, his dad starts eating. Says Brenda can still cook. Trey watches him take two bites. And then he's like, hey, dad, can you cut my hair? After I'm eating. Furious like, like I'm eating, it. nigga. And Trey's like, oh, right, right, right. Afterwards. So he starts cutting his hair. And uh, Trey takes time out to tell a big-ass stupid lie about how he's not a virgin. Uh, the story was so fucking absurd that I was, I was shocked that his dad believed it when I heard it at the age of 16. When I saw this movie again, I was there for the titties in that scene, so I know I remember the story. Um, and the phrase, I guess grandma could smell the sex in the air. <laughs> From upstairs. He, she was downstairs. The idea that a quasi-teenager Trey told this story instead of 10-year-old Trey telling this story. It would have made a lot more sense than 10-year-old Trey. It does sound like a story that somebody who's never... But it sounds like a story somebody who's never had sex before would have came up with. So he jumped way from the top. He jumped from the second floor second. all the way to the ground. And got away clean. Grandma didn't see the car out front. Grandma smelled the sex in the air from a room all the way in the back of the second story. Didn't a real Omar do uh, do something like that from from a higher distance? You mean in The Wire? Yeah, the the, the person that Omar was based on, the real Omar. Yeah, but still, 
I'm just saying. He wasn't getting no ass. He was getting blasted on. There's a difference in desires. Um, But we guess that Furious believes the story because he pops him in the head for not wearing a condom. Because even when telling a lie, Trey can't wear a fucking condom. (laughs) That is just incredible to me. Um, Trey then goes over and pushes up on Brandy. Like, when you going to give me them asses? When you going to give me the pants? And Brandy was like, I'm Catholic. I don't do that. And Trey was like, well, I heard Catholics is the biggest freaks. Nigga, that's not how this works. That's not how you're going to convince your girl who just says she's a devout Catholic to be intimate with you is by saying, uh, y'all the biggest freaks in the world. Yeah, you got. but in order for you to unlock that, you got to have that church game. Mm-hmm. Like you got, you got, you got to know a little something. Also, that scene being played while just me and you playing in the background was excellent. This soundtrack is fucking incredible. True. Even now, just me and you, uh, just ask me to. Uh, growing up in the hood, how to survive in South Central. This whole soundtrack was a was an absolute bop. Still done crest the top too. How did they not play the Boys in the Hood? Easy E. Because uh, NWA and Ice Cube. Oh yeah, NWA and Ice Cube were beefing at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Yep. Um. So after that happens, and they show Ricky at football practice getting beat up, uh, Rick has a recruiter coming out to see him, um, and Monster and Dookie and. Doughboy and Little Chris are sitting in the house playing duck hunt. The reason why I remember this so vividly is because Monster says, watch me shoot this motherfucker. And pulls out a 45 Magnum Nintendo light gun. Did he spray paint the light gun black? I, I don't know. I don't is know. Is that what that is? I don't know. I still haven't figured this part out yet. Like, nobody that, knows. That that seems like a really, really bad idea for a black kid to do. Right? And are you taking it from your house to his house? How does how did that gun get that that color? It's literally all black. He says it. Watch me shoot this motherfucker. Look. Boom. Yeah. Take it. A- it has a fucking it has the chambers. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that's not a what you call it. That's a um, shit. What's the what's the game? Is it is Wild it, Gunman? No, it's um, that that look like one of those time crisis guns. Um, but not not necessarily time crisis. But I'm I'm blinking. Maybe he stole that shit from the arcade and then somehow modded it to work on a Nintendo. I'm guessing because a light gun, it'll work. I wrote this shit a long time ago, but I don't think that this nigga was going to an arcade and stealing controllers to take home to plug into a <laughs> Nintendo. Like, but this I'm, scene, this scene reinforces just how young these kids really are. Like, they're sitting in the house playing Nintendo. Um, and oh, always, shit. And we all know you can't be that accurate that far away. No. What's up, Brandon? No, I actually saw I see a picture of the goddamn gun that looks just like that. 
It's called a Nintendo gun from Japan. It's black and it's got a barrel on it. Yeah. Are you telling me he ordered it online back in ninety one? That's right. He maybe he got it maybe he got it from the swap meet. Yeah, that that the spot in the, the spot in the mall that's on the anime on VHS. Like that that joint. <laughs> Y'all both the, the, those are both accurate. Those are both accurate ideas. Um mm-hmm. Brick is uh, getting ready for the recruiter to come over. So his mom kicks all of them out, which I thought was fucked up because little Chris is still in the wheelchair. Get the fuck out. <laughs> like, they don't even live there. Get the fuck out. And so now they're all sitting on the porch, like, really, honestly, looking like the black version of King of the Hill. Um, Boomhauer, you know, Hank. Never mind. Anyhow, they're sitting on the porch. Never and- watched very much of that. Sorry. Good call. And um, the recruiter comes over. The mom, Tyra, comes out with, Brenda comes out with lemonade for him and everything, acting all nice, smiling and shit. Ricky, who wears a lot of red for a Crip in a Crip neighborhood, wears a lot, a lot of red because, you know, USC, um, is showing this highlight video. The background music of the highlight video, for some reason, it's just asked me to by Tevin Campbell. That hit me. Like, I, I don't know why. Just the fact that that was the background music. Maybe it's because um, in Above the Rim, when we were reviewing that, we were talking about how they use the same background music everywhere. The fact that they use this music, like they just meant for this song to be the bop of uh, Boys in the Hood. It's going to get stuck in your head one way or the other. Randy? Oh, no, I said that. Oh. Uh, so. I'm just looking up the soundtrack right now. The recruiter's like, yo, nigga, if you ain't stupid, you can get into our school. All you need is literally a 710. I didn't know you only needed a 710 to get into college at USC. Um, that's a pretty low bridge. Uh, yes. So, okay. So, um. I played D1 college football, and I didn't have seven. I actually had a pretty good score. I got, like, almost 1,200. But I know people that I used to go to football camps and stuff with that it was basically like, hey, man, just meet the clearinghouse. What, whatever clearinghouse is, we'll get you in. And these are, like, good schools, like University of Virginia, like, really good schools. Like, mm-hmm. hey, man, just hit, the, hit this clearinghouse, and we'll – we can't, we can't talk about the, this is like two, we can't talk about the university of virginia dog <laughs> we, we, yeah we can't talk about that one no more this is and this is 2004 2005 i can't imagine what they were doing to get kids in, in 1990 <laughs> i can't imagine eric dickerson got a trans am from texas a&m and then didn't even go there and yep. kept the car. Yep. I want to be I, like that when I, I had, grow up. I had a teacher. I had a teacher that used to, um, who used to work at Bethel High School, where Allen Iverson went, and he was talking about how um, uh, Allen Iverson was in his class, and it was like, "Oh, you had Allen Iverson as a student?" No, I said he was in my class. <laughs> 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 He got into Georgetown, which is one of the hardest schools to get into in the country. His mom had to beg them 
to come take a look at her son. His his mom did the recruiting for him. Because no one would touch him after the, the bowling alley thing. Mm-hmm. So after they leave out, uh, after the uh, recruiter leaves and everybody leaves from the house, they, um, the next day, Ricky and Trey go to see Furious at work in Compton. For some reason, the niggas from Crenshaw are scared of Compton. I, I, it still makes me smirk a little bit, but okay. Uh, they go to Compton. No, I 100% understand that. I, I, I 100%, 100% sure. understand that because if you're if you're from Virginia, you uh, especially from Hampton Roads, is for some real Newport News. For some reason, um, Newport News niggas is really scared of Norfolk niggas, and Norfolk niggas is really scared of Newport News niggas. Like that's how that's how this goes. I'm from Newport News, so I'm not afraid of Newport News. Um, I'm afraid of Newport News. I'm born and raised, so I don't I don't fear anything there. But I know people who, especially people from Norfolk and Virginia Beach, are just like, no, we good. I, I didn't I didn't know. I I get well. I, I in that regard, okay, okay, I will give you that because niggas from Meadowview didn't just go strolling up into 29th Street. That didn't happen. Um, it was looked at as a bad idea. I can see that. But Ricky, who literally is protected by from everything by Doughboy and his mama, is scared to go to Compton. That made no sense to me. Um, I mean, his protection Ricky, doesn't extend outside of the neighborhood, dog. Mm, true. True. They take the SAT and, and they, they listen go to, to the NWA albums. Negro. They listen to that. Negro. So they uh, leave the uh, SAT testing that they took and they go to Furious's office. And Furious is out there kicking knowledge. Like as a kid, the shit the Furious was talking about didn't really hit me, but the stuff that he was talking about was a about chip. <laughs> Tell him not to worry about the interest rate. The interest rate hasn't moved two percent in five years. Furious dies okay. Also, the niggas' business. You gotta own your own business if your name is Furious. Furious Styles Financial. That's how he's got his own. Uh, his actual name on his placard instead of Josh. <laughs> we still don't know what Furious is real. His name can't be Furious. Please, God, no. That's his name. <laughs> at this point, we, it has to be like that is his official name on his desk at work, that's nigga. Like, <laughs> like, if his name was anything else, if that's what would be on his desk. Furious. So, yeah, knowledge. So, how you guys think you did on the test? I think yes. Most of those tests are culturally biased to begin with. The only part that's universal is the math. Mm. You boys must be hungry. I'm real surprised to see you down here. 
came to see you. See how you doing? How's business going? Well, there's always business. Just not always in here. So, like, what do you do, Furious? I mean, what, you help people get money for their homes or what? Well, there is no or what. That's what I do, Rick. You boys want to see something? Do we have a choice? sign up there. See what it says? Cash for your home? You know what that is? What are y'all, Amos and Andy? You step in and he's fetches? I'm talking about the message, what it stands for. It's called gentrification. It's what happens when the property value of a certain area is brought down. Huh? You listening? Yeah. To bring the property value down. They can buy the land at a lower price. Then they move all the people out, raise the property value, and sell it at a profit. Now, what we need to do is we need to keep everything in our neighborhood, everything, black. Black owned with black money. Just like the Jews, the Italians, the Mexicans, and the Koreans do. Ain't nobody from outside bringing down the property value. It's these folk shooting each other and selling that crack rock and shit. Well, how you think the crack rock gets into the country? We don't own any planes. We don't own no ships. But we are not the people who are flying and floating that shit in here. I know every time you turn on the TV, that's what you see, black people selling the rock, pushing the rock, pushing the rock. Yeah, I know. But that wasn't a problem as long as it was here. Wasn't a problem until it was in Iowa and it showed up on Wall Street where there are hardly any black people. Now, if you want to talk about uh, guns, why is it that there's a gun shop on almost every corner in this community? Why? Tell you why. For the same reason that there's a liquor store on almost every corner in the black community. Why? They want us to kill ourselves. You go out to Beverly Hills, you don't see that shit. But they want us to kill ourselves. Yeah, the best way you can destroy a people, you take away their ability to reproduce themselves. Yeah. Who is it that's dying out here on these streets every night? Y'all. Young brothers like yourselves. What am I supposed to do? Fool roll up, try to smoke me? Shoot the motherfucker if he don't kill me first. You're doing exactly what they want you to do. You have to think, young brother, about your future. Huh? As a reminder, a fool rolled up in his house and tried to rob him, and he tried to shoot the motherfucker. I just... I think that that's was important. Was that Grady? Yeah, that was definitely Grady. I was, I, I was, I was getting ready to say that, but like, I was, of course, 
you know, watching this now, it's like, yo, this nigga showed up with a full container half, of milk. Half gallon of milk. It says then, milk on the side. It just says milk. But like the problem with the problem with milk is like, yo, when it's not cold no more, milk ain't good no more. So like he had that in the car. Mm-hmm. Just drinking the fucking uh, carton. <laughs> just like no, mm-hmm. sir. Also, I noticed that earlier when they was drinking forties on the side of the forty, it said a dollar and fifty cent. Mm-hmm. Is that how much they used to cost? A dollar and fifty cent? Dude, Newports used to cost like a dollar twelve. Yo, I I remember when I used to have to go buy Newports for my stepmom. They were like a dollar. They were like ninety nine cents for. <laughs> I I I came across a few years ago. I came across my senior memories book. And um, it was like, how much does a hamburger cost and like gas and all this kind of stuff. Gas was 99 cents when I graduated high school. <laughs> I was like, yo, I see 99 cents is so damn long. Mm-hmm. Um, so after Furious kicks knowledge to him, they leave and go back to uh, Crenshaw. They decide to go catch up with uh, Doughboy and the folks on the strip. Back on Crenshaw Boulevard. Uh, they get out the car. They're talking to Doe. Doe, who was, again, dropping knowledge on his friend's hood knowledge. Doe is the furious styles of his friends. That's the way I look at it. Um, and he continued that into higher learning. The ghetto yeah. philosopher. Yeah. Um, and it's just like he's talking to his friends in the car about how if God was a was a woman. I just put it like that. Again, didn't age well, but he was talking about how if God was a woman, things would be different. Um and then Doughboy or uh Ricky comes up and was like, yo, Furious was kicking some knowledge. You should have been there. Uh Paris and his friends come walking past and bump shoulders with Ricky. This is how you can tell Ricky ain't a hood nigga, cuz. Hey man, what's wrong with you? Fuck you looking at, nigga. I'm still trying to find out, nigga. I'm still trying to find out, nigga. Nah, dude, like. That that nah, it, he didn't say nigga. He said vigor. Did he? That's what I thought too. He said he said he said vigor. What the fuck is a vigor? What is that? Fuck you, looking at nigga. I'm still trying to find out, nigga. Hold on. He says vigor. Vigorously too. <laughs> find out, nigga. I'm still trying to find out, vigor. Why is he? Why was he so mad? I still don't understand. Then, like, all of this red he's been wearing this whole fucking movie, and then, like, his Letterman jacket is blue? Mm-hmm. Right when they get into the situation, he's finally wearing blue for the first time in the movie. So, they bump shoulders. Why was he mad? Did I miss something? Like I He bumped, bumped shoulders with him. That's all it takes hey, in the hood. He spilled his milk, yo. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, what's wrong with you? He had his Doritos in his hand. He, he didn't spill any of his chips. He, was, he just bumped shoulders with him. 
that's enough. Stepping on the feet, bumping shoulders. That's all it takes in the hood to want to beat up a Vigga. Fuck you looking at, nigga? I'm still trying to find out, Vigga. Hold on, hold on. Oh, we got a problem here? Hold on. We got a problem here? We got a problem, nigga? Oh, what up with this? I love this scene because of how it... They all simultaneously take that step back like, whoa. <laughs> not, not just that. I love this scene because of the impact it had throughout the United States. I love cultural impact scenes in Black movies. In Black, in black films, there's a few iconic scenes that happen that you see start to happen in neighborhoods afterwards. One thing that I started to see a lot more of in fights and pre-fights in my neighborhood we're niggas doing like this. We got a problem here, putting one hand out and one hand to the chest, but they're never lifting up their shirt to show. They just, we got a problem here before they started fighting. Yeah. I, we never talked about the the uh, the cultural changes that happened after the fucking pacifier thing. Like you said, that was the thing there. But like, yo, people were putting um, metal plated pacifiers on chains around mm -hmm. here around that time. What? Yeah, yeah, they were wearing them on chains oh, around their man. neck. Uh-huh. I, I did not know that. The whole nine <laughs> yes. yards. It yes, was sir. serious. And it was all Dookie's fault. <laughs> <laughs> now, the next scene in this now, movie. Now, granted, in hindsight, as an adult, you know, they weren't like, they were like the like uh, pacifier-shaped uh, but they weren't actual pacifiers and they kind of like today they kind of look like little anal plugs yeah <laughs> they also had little pacifier candies <laughs> like now they call it baby bottle pops but back then it was a pacifier with candy on it oh see oh see i remember those that was more when i i my time this is before me but uh -oh. this nigga right here with the red hat over here in the corner, Paris, they, they say is like 26, 27. They say he's old as shit. This nigga right here standing next to Paris, however, with the red hat looking young, looks like, like he might be about 17, 18 years old. You mean, with um, the same what, age um, as what, Trey. You mean Rondo? Yeah, the one who looks like Ray John Rondo. <laughs> He looks like he could have been that kid who called him an African booty scratcher. It probably is. It could be him. Now, is the other dude, he looks like the dude that... Yo, that dude, actually, that dude actually played in Don't Be a Menace. Now, Which none one? of these ones are the dude who gave him his football back. Who played in Don't Be a Menace? Rondo. Rondo face? Rondo played. His credit is just his guy in backseat. But he was in the movie. But I mean, if you're getting a role based on a role, they want it to be as authentic as possible while they're making jokes out of it. So they all walk off. Run away, nigga. Can we have one night where there ain't no fight, nobody gets shot? Shut up, bitch. Bitch, I'm gonna fuck you call a bitch. Let's get that bitch out of here. you like that? That's that was the gun. He's like, yo, we can talk about this after y'all lay down. <laughs> so they all go back over, all in blue. 
talking. Here comes the most fucked up part in the movie, in my opinion. It's not Ricky getting shot. It's not the way that Doughboy's mom treated him. Nothing like that. It's the fact that John Singleton did not tell these niggas that they would be shooting. And so, as soon as they started shooting, they didn't know that the gunshots were going to happen. They thought it was an actual drive-by. Everybody panicked. And in this scene, you can literally see uh, Morse Chestnut almost get ran the fuck over by Ice what? Cube. Ferris always trying to start some shit. Nigga can't fight, so he always trying to find some excuse to shoot somebody. That's why food can get shot all the time. Trying to show how hard they is. Ignorant. Oh, fool, shut up. You be doing that shit, too. Right there. He was in the street and he fell over. Oh shit. He almost really did get ran over. <laughs> First thing you see happen when the gunshots start, for those of y'all who are listening to this, y'all should go ahead and check out Boys in the Hood. Um but the first thing you see happen is Morse Chestnut runs the wrong way off camera. Yes. Then he turns around and he's like, wait, my car in the movie is over here. The car actually runs. We need to get free. He runs for the actual car. He slips and falls on the wet road. He gets up again. He starts running. He slips and falls again. Ice Cube does not give a fuck. <laughs> He's going 90. The gangster in the film, the gangster on NWA, is scared of the drive-by. He almost runs this nigga over. <laughs> By the way, Doughboy's got the flyest car in the movie. And one of the best cars I've seen in movies. He kept it in real life, too. Really? He bought I mean, I would definitely it. keep that shit. That shit is dope. I so, want one of those right now. Right after this, get right after the uh, swap me gets shot up, they're speeding off. Uh, Little Furious is saying, I'm sick of this shit. I'm getting the fuck out of L.A. And then to add insult to injury, they get... Pulled over by the cops. Guess which cop it is. Put your hands on the Guess steering wheel. Guess which cop it is. It's <laughs> the same motherfucking cop that pulled him over before. And that's, Captain Coon. And Captain Coon is like, I hate niggas. Um, I, I hate black ass niggas. Um, I wish that all niggas, you think you tough. Matter of fact, you don't like the way. <laughs> Fuck this shit. Fuck it. Can't go nowhere without it getting all shot up and shit. Fresh ass apple too. 
any drugs or weapons on you? No. I didn't do nothing. You think you're tough. You think you're tough, huh? Oh. You're scared now, huh? I like that. That's why I took this job. I hate little motherfuckers like you. Niggas, you ain't shit. Think you're tough, huh? Could blow your head off this mythos and you couldn't do shit. How you feel now? What set you from? Look like one of them Crenshaw Mafia motherfuckers. No, you probably one of them rolling 60s, huh? Huh? 12 out of 63, we have a possible 187 in Blue VW at Corno Florence in Vermont. I just want to say that that cop, yeah, he was a shitbag. It's documented, but he was not nearly as much of a shitbag as Tyra Farrell. <laughs> also, now I'm just going to go back real quick. We're going we gonna to hear this whole part about how we're going to rewind back to where uh, Old Furious uh, shot up the house and the cop comes just so I can see if the white cop is the same cop as the other cop that he has when he grows up. Because that cop looked young in the uh, scene that we just saw. So That was John C. Riley. So you can look on the on and see if they're the same cop. Oh, no. I was just joking. I said he looked like him. But this gives you a chance to see the angles that I was talking about for this scene before we go ahead and get to the actual... Um, shooting. You know John C. Riley was the original McNulty. What? In the wire. Look through his door. Look through a hole. See him come through the door. Long-ass hallway. went from 100 to zero real quick <laughs> like that that hallway was the bathroom was there trey's room was there his room was there so it was a long ass hallway like a shotgun shack almost and then it moved to this how those identical holes through the door because they did it with a sledgehammer <laughs> good song so let's see. White guy hops out. Same cop. No, it's a, no, it's a different cop. No, that's the same white dude, bro. So you didn't get him? Well, if I got him, he'd be laid out here in front of you, right? That ain't the same dude. That's the same no, mustache. No. No, that's a different dude. The other dude like John C. Riley. All right, doesn't man, man, you, know, you didn't get the motherfucker. You know, wish you had got that. You'd be one less nigga over there. So after he gets. 
uh, shot at by Paris and his friends, or after he sees his friend almost get run over by his brother, and then he gets pulled over by the cops. He knocks on the door at Brandy's house, and he decides to fight the air. They call it a kata. <laughs> he fights the air. It's, it's, called, it's called a kata. And by him fighting the air and saying, <clears throat> hold on, let me see if I can get this right. I don't have the deep voice that Little Furious had when he was 45, but let me try this shit out real quick. And so Brandy was like, I feel some sort of way about you showing vulnerability. It was it, it was like it was like cartoon cousin, like yes. the way yeah it was like cartoon cousin. It was the behavior of somebody who would who would future go to Morehouse. Exactly. Yeah. And you know that you know the the the, the you think you tough cop went to Morehouse too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Herman Cain is cop. Oh. oh, man. Oh, when that nigga died, I giggled. And of Anyways. course, of course, Morehouse is, I didn't mean to jump to the end, but of course, of course, Morehouse is the college that they chose to say that he went to in 1991 in this type of film. Of course, it's Morehouse. So after this, uh, after the cop scene, he goes over there, he fights the air. Brandy likes that. They go to bed together. The next day, he goes over to Doe and Rick's house. Rick is sitting in the house watching the show or watching a commercial where it mentions going into the military. Doe is on his mom's front porch. Rick's girlfriend comes out and asks him to go to the store and buy some cornmeal. Rick ignores her. His mom comes out and says, go buy some cornmeal. So Rick goes outside and uh, asks his brother to come with him to the store. His brother's like, nah, man, that ain't my wife. That's your wife. He says, fuck you in passing, because that's what brothers do. And they start fighting. So Ricky gets beat up by Doe, gets up mad, runs off. His mom uh, hits Doe Boy, because why not? Uh, she goes to check the mail. Uh, in the mail is the SAT results for Ricky. Uh, she calls for Ricky. Ricky won't come back. Uh, Trey waves her off. They're talking on the way to the store. Ricky's talking shit about how he could have taken Doughboy and how he's thinking about going into the army. They go to the store. They buy They buy lottery. You know what? Let's just stop this for a second. Unpopular Opinion was a show that Scar used to do. I just want to do one right here. Okay. In Unpopular Opinion... Brought to you by Rashani from Hindsight Movie Review Podcast. Ricky brought this shit on himself. Ricky is walking down the uh, the the alley after he gets his uh, after he gets the milk. He also gets like ding dongs and lottery tickets. On his way home, before he gets to the alley, he stops and starts scratching the lottery tickets. Instead of going straight home, he stops off to scratch lottery tickets. He also stops off to talk to the dude standing in front of the liquor store. These are two things that should have not have, have happened, but he did them. 
they see Paris and his boys in the red Hyundai uh, that Paris always drives around in uh, as they're walking home. And so Trey and Ricky decide to hop a fence, uh, run down an alley. First of all, they didn't have to hop the fence. They could have hopped the fence. Uh, Paris and his friends drove off. They hopped back over the fence again and go in an opposite direction, sending Paris and his friends off in the wrong direction. Instead, they decide to hop that fence, and then they walk along the wall until they get to an empty alley that Paris and his friends have not gotten to yet. Ricky then has the great idea that they should split up. Trey is like, no, we shouldn't split up. Ricky's like, yes, we should. Wait a second. I got to take a piss. Ricky has two niggas or has a car full of niggas who are coming after him. And he has to stop when he's in the clear to take a piss for no reason on on a wall in an alley. Trey's like, hurry up. Ricky then, if I remember correctly, says we should split up. And instead of keeping his head up and looking out for danger like he should have, Ricky is looking down at his lottery tickets again and walks directly up to the car because he's not looking and paying attention. If he was looking and paying attention, he would have saw that car from like, he would have heard the car and then saw the car from 40 feet away. But we've also talked about how much. Wait, wait, we'll get to that too. We'll get to that too. If you are being chased by somebody who you know has just shot up a place the night before, you were hyper aware of any cars in your area. He should have heard the car coming and been on alert. But instead, he wasn't. Go ahead, Scar. But we, we've also discussed how protected Ricky is and like how he has no real, I mean, this whole time, he has no real sense of danger. Mm-hmm. He, he, he doesn't see any of this um, because this, I mean, you know, knowing what we know about like Star you know, people who have potential that live in a place like this, like he is very protected. Insulated, so he has, yeah. yeah, he has no i he has no idea. Um I don't I don't think he has any idea how to do all of this because he's been protected his whole life. So he's also uh he's also a potential USC running back. Now, let's not forget that he's a USC oh, the, oh, running oh, back. We, Oh, let's 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 get into that. Um, what does a running back do? Um, especially uh, right off of the line, they dodge. They move side to side. Uh, it's called juking. Um, juking, spin moves, hurdles, all kinds of things that you have to do when you're a star running back. And he did none of that. He decided to sprint in a straight fucking line. It's like that scene in Game of Thrones when. Uh, Ramsey was shooting them arrows at Rickon, and he's just running. He's just running in a straight line. He just shoots the arrow right in his ass and kills him. Nigga, you're supposed to dip, dodge, dive, dip, and dodge, Nick. That's the rule. And he's running straight ahead like, I don't think this is going to happen to me. So I got a question. So they shot him. Go ahead. They shot him because they bumped into him at the spot meet. That's, That's the catalyst of this? Yes. Not because they, I mean, because they, because they were threatened by a gun. Got if, punked if, out by if his a brother. Nigga, if a nigga rolls up on me and trying to kill me, I'm going to kill him first. Like, that's, 
you know, that's the same mentality that you heard previously that they just held on to that shit until they saw them niggas again. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so it Ricky would have got away this time. They just Brandon, showed up the next day. It, yep. I, Brandon, it wasn't that long of a time. It was literally the night before. Oh, it was the next night. Okay. Remember, they shot up the swap meet or wherever they were. Everybody ran off. The cops pulled them over a few moments later. Then he went and got some ass from Brandy. Oh, yeah. The next day, he's watching they, they go to the store. So the nigga forgets how to dodge. The nigga forgets how to zigzag. The nigga forgets how to spin. The nigga forgets how to hurdle a fence. And he gets blasted on. A hole through his, uh, through his leg and a hole through his torso. And he literally bleeds out within like four minutes. That seemed a little bit quick to me, but I've never been shot. Anyhow. And, and like the, the idea that like, yo, if you're in that type of situation, like if you don't think that you can get away, fall to the ground, make yourself as flat as possible. Make yourself as hard to hit as possible. They were in a car. They were, they were in a car down the end of an alley. Just go flat, dude. There were a million ways Rick could have saved himself. Nigga, they were in an alley, but they were in an alley where buildings were sticking out. Nigga, dive behind an alley, behind one of those protruding buildings. They had a shotgun. How far can it fire? Exactly. They had a shotgun. <laughs> you were literally three feet away from the from the from the car. He had a shotgun. Like run, nigga, zigzag. You'll get a buckshot was, in your was toe. It full, was it a full size or or or? It looked off? like a sawed off. And that makes it worse. Let's look, because if it was a sawed off, then that nigga. Ooh, when I tell you, dodge, nigga. <laughs> like. I would have took my chances with the yard with the pit bulls. Right. <laughs> they avoided. Like I said, I would have just hopped the fence and then just came back. The nigga stops with the scratchers. Huh? Wait a minute, man. I'm still trying to find out. Yeah, it makes me sad. So okay. they hit the they hit the corner. Here's the part that's really sad to me. They see Ferris and them going around the corner, and they're like, yo, Doughboy and, and, and Chris and them see Ferris coming around the corner. They're like, man, you are trying to fuck with somebody. And Doughboy recognizes. He's like, oh, shit, Rick. And so they hop in the car and take off. I really do feel like Doughboy was a hero in this movie because uh, he was the one person who was always trying to protect his brother. So let's look at this. He's walking the opposite way, doing that I think I'm cool chin rub shit that Cuba Gooden Jr. does at the age of 49. Rick stops to finish scratching off a fucking scratcher. Do that shit at home, dog. Like, this, this ain't the time. And wiping it off and all that shit. The car is already at a distance from him. Ricky! Look how much closer they made him. They made him like 10 feet closer to that car than they was when he was first looking down at that scratcher. He turned around, starts running. Let's see. That's a sawed off. Yep. So I mean, that buckshot would have spread like a motherfucker. It would have spread like a motherfucker, but the distance would have been shorter. 
if he had been 40 feet away, 60 feet away, and had his head up and started running before he could get the window down, he would have gotten away just fine. Instead, Rick dies. It's Ricky's fault that he's dead. Absolutely. There, uh, there's, there's no dispute in that. At now, this, this is the part that I don't, maybe I just because I didn't live that lifestyle, but we saw this in Minister Society too. Mm-hmm. If I just rolled up on somebody and shot them, right, mm-hmm. and I knew that somebody was coming after me, like Doughboy, who we know is about that life, and they know he's about that life, what I'm not about to do is just going to be out sitting outside chilling <laughs> at a fast food joint that night. Like, at least go hide out for the rest of the night. <laughs> Exactly. Until some shit cooled down. Especially, or get the fuck out of town. Especially because you know someone connected to this dude threatened you with a gun last night. Yes. Yes. But no, so, chill at the fast food. And not even inside the fast food joint, right? Because they was going around the whole city looking for him. They couldn't find him. They mm-hmm. pull up to get some food. They just sitting outside. If they was inside eating, they would have been alive. So they, Doughboy and uh, Dookie and Monster and Chris show up right after Rick gets killed. Uh, They take him back home, bring him in the house. Rick's uh, girlfriend slash wife, whatever, sees him, starts screaming. Baby starts screaming. Uh, Doughboy's mom comes out and starts screaming. Doughboy standing there helpless, already helpless because the person he's protected all his life, he failed to protect him the first time he turns his back, the first time he's not watching, the person he's been trying to protect his whole life is dead. And how, how much of that you think that he blames himself because he had the opportunity to go and he chose not to? 100%. 100%. If he had gone, they would have been in the car. Uh, they would have gotten home much faster. He could have protected him. So he's like, he's telling his mom, look, even in death, he's trying to protect his family. Look, Rick's son doesn't need to say this, doesn't need to see this. Let me hold Ricky's son. Let me hold him. Ricky's girlfriend pushes Doe away. He walks over to his mom. Mom, mom, let me see the baby. Let me see the baby. His mom turned around cries like it looks like it's going to be the first uh sympathy in the entire movie for doughboy and then it isn't What did you do? Now, when I was a kid, at 16, when I saw this scene, and this is a big scene to me, which is why we're talking about it so much. When I was a kid, I looked at it as, what did you do to cause this? Did you hurt your brother? That's how I looked at it when I was 16. As an adult, though, I'm looking at it as her saying, why didn't you protect him? What did you do? 
Your brother's dead. What did you do? I know I treated you like shit. Your whole job in my entire house was to watch him. What did you do? It's, and this is, I mean, it's like a lot of people say that this is a sad scene um, because of Ricky dying. I'm seeing what happened, what's happening to Doughboy. And my, I feel bad for him mm-hmm. in this moment because you see at the very beginning of this scene, he's standing there with his hands down. He doesn't know what to do. Exactly. Like, And then like, he's just like, yo, let me do something. Let me get the baby away from this. Let me do anything. And like, and then it's just all flipped on him. And he's just like, yo, I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. And you can see from, from the freeze frame right now, his hands is like, oh, I didn't do anything. What the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the look that he has on his face. Man, I feel, I feel really terrible for Doughboy in this moment. I feel horrible for him because even when they came in, and they carry him Ricky through the door. They put him on the couch. His mom comes in and sees it. She's still ignoring Doughboy. Trey, what happened to him? Now, I know she's asking Trey that because they went off together. They're the ones who walked off together. Trey, what happened to him? But she's not even acknowledging Doe until Doe literally comes over and he's like, Mom, tell her to give me the baby. Oh, mom, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. And then it changed from what did you do the initial thing to you did this. And that's how I see it, Scar. You're still muted. But that's how I see it, that it changed from Before it switches, she switches and she said, what did you do to him? Mm-hmm. She says that right before, right before it com- it completely switches. It goes halfway, and then it goes. What did you do to him? And then you did this. Mm-hmm. This was the most heartbreaking scene that I saw in the entire movie because, like you said, what Doe's going through, and he recognizes it because when he's talking to uh, Trey the next morning, he's like, "I ain't got no mom no more." The only thing that was connecting them was Ricky. And without Ricky being there, there was no reason or no purpose for Doe to be there. And honestly, so what happens next is that, uh, oh, sorry, what were you going to say, Brandon? No, nothing. Okay, so what happens next is that Trey is feeling fired up. And so he tells Doughboy, meet me outside my house in like 20 minutes. We about to ride on these niggas. He doesn't say we about to ride, but he says, meet me at my house. Doe already knows. Doe's already thinking revenge. So... Trey goes this is home. my favorite scene in the movie. Trey goes home, and his dad is there. Uh, and his dad is like, what are you going to do? What are you about to do? Um, hold on. It was so good because it was the scene didn't even have a whole lot of words or dialogue. It was just, it was a lot of Larry just looking at him, Lawrence Fishburne just looking at Cuba, and Cuba getting Jr. just like reading the room. And the whole room, the whole scene can be told through the eyes of both of these people. Mm-hmm. Trey? Trey, what are you doing? Huh? 49 year old, don't know how to load a pistol. Oh, oh, you bad now. You bad. You got to shoot somebody now. 
Well, here I am. Come on, shoot me. You bad, right? Look, I'm sorry about your friend. My heart goes out to his mother and his family, but that's their problem, Trey. You my son, you my problem. I want you to give me the gun. Oh, I see. You want to end up like little Chris in a wheelchair, huh? Right? No, no. You want to end up like Doughboy, huh? No? Give me the motherfucking gun, Trey. Son, and I'm not gonna lose you to no bullshit, you hear? I love you, man. Hey, go clean yourself up. And I totally miss my dad now. Just happened. My, my dad never had that moment with me. I ain't never had no moment like that, but like the the look, my dad standing in the standing in the way is like standing between you and chaos. Yeah, before before you do something stupid, let me stop you right here. But he didn't do that good of a job because Trey walked out and jumped the fuck out of a window. So <laughs> and, and then he's sitting there like Morpheus. You can really see the Morpheus in Larry Fishburne in this next scene when he's spinning those the balls. Mm-hmm. Any oh, okay? Am I the only one that is looking at young, young Larry, and like, yo, if they ever actually did an Abraham Lincoln movie with his real skin color, young Larry is it, bruh. Speak on it, because you know there's like you know there's you know. Abraham Lincoln has some black in him. You know what I'm saying? Like it that was that was like a thing that no one ever really talks about. Kind mm. of the same kind of the same thing with uh with Babe Ruth. Um no one ever really talks about that. Huh. I didn't know that. But Trey hops out the window, he's rolling down the street. Furious is at home, furious playing with his balls. Doe's in the front seat loading up the gun. Dookie's in the back seat doing nothing. Monster's driving. Trey is thinking pensively about his friend, I guess, and what they went through. And he's like, you know what? I don't want to do this. Let me out, Doe. Let me out. And so Doughboy looks at him. The actual look that he gives him is, nigga, please. <laughs> and he keeps on riding. And Trey is like, nah, for real, let me out. And so Doughboy lets him out, and Trey takes the bus back home. What is this deleted scene? We're about to find out. And so um, Doughboy and his boys find these dudes because, like uh, Brandon said before, instead of them going home and hiding out, 
or even going to a different neighborhood. They just stayed in the same neighborhood and sat outside at a restaurant and ate. They decided to celebrate. They decided to celebrate with their fucking heads down. Um, and so Doughboy sees them and uh, Monster and Duke, you're like, yo, what are we about to do? And Doughboy's like, turn the lights off. And he goes and he gets his motherfucking revenge. Let's call the motherfucker out here, too. Eat my fries. What you gonna do tonight, man? We wanna see your girl? No, I'm gonna see my girl. You going on with this part? Daddy, go right there. Turn off the lights. Don't turn off those driving, man. Hit the lights, nigga. And Duke is going your ass home and watch some videos. Been home with your mama, that's where I was. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, these niggas are just as dumb as Ricky. They all run in the same goddamn direction. No, he said, no. nigga, don't follow he me. Said, he said, nigga, don't follow me. <laughs> he actually said it. Like, yo, maybe we should not go the same direction. Like, he actually said that in the moment. Mm-hmm. They weren't even in the alley. At least, at least with Ricky, you could be like, all right, he was in a confined space, like a seven-foot, eight-foot-wide alleyway. These niggas are in a wide, open space. If they just spread out, at least There's two of them, them. would have been alive. Is exactly. it me, or does it look like from that parking lot they was at the Hill Valley Mall? It does look like the Hill Valley Mall from uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> so, <laughs> Doughboy, they sh- monster shoots the three of them. One of them he kills. One of them he gets in the back of the legs, that's Paris, and the other one he gets in the back. Doughboy hops out the car and makes sure of it. Like, he walks up on the first one, checks to make sure he's dead, goes to the one that got shot in the back, shoots him in the head, and then talks to Paris. And as soon as Paris sees the gun in his face, he turns into a kid because, again, he's 27. 
And he's like, my bad, man. <laughs> After he murders his brother, my bad, man. Say, I didn't pull the trigger. I didn't pull the trigger. What if, fuck you. Fuck you. And he kills him. And then he's looking at him like after the moment has passed, after the adrenaline's worn off, after he's just standing there looking at him. And I wonder, as I look at the look on his face, if he's hearing what Furious would have told him. Like it don't solve nothing. It don't bring him back. If he's feeling like Rick or that uh, Trey was right for uh, getting out the car. Because he tells Trey in the very next scene when he's sitting on the porch next to him while Trey's eating a pomegranate um, that, first of all, pomegranates are the hardest fucking fruit. Like, stain your whole body. You got to dig them out piece by piece. Anyhow, he tells him that he wishes he hadn't done it either. Like, it didn't bring nothing to him. Um. And I really do feel that the performance that Ice Cube did in this movie was worthy of a of an Oscar. I feel that strongly. Um, but it wasn't to be. This monologue is still just amazing, though. You can tell he's stressed. Jerk real dry, everything. Oh, now it's not. Yo, cuz. I, I know why you got the car last night. Shouldn't have been there in the first place. You don't want that shit to come back to haunt you. I ain't been up this early in a long time. Turned on the TV this morning. Had to shit on about about living in a violent, a violent world. Showed all these foreign places. Foreigners living on. I started thinking, man. Either they don't know. Don't show. I don't care about what's going on in the hood. Man, all this foreign shit. I ain't have shit on my brother, man. <laughs> I ain't got no brother. I had no mother neither. She loved that fool more than she loved me. For him to recognize it, he probably recognized it from a long time ago and realized that even getting revenge, I don't think he wanted to get revenge for himself. 
I think he was trying to get revenge because that's what his mom would have wanted him to do. Go back to jail, avenge my son. And he knew that there was no relationship to be had between him and his mom going forward. So the last thing he could send as a love letter was him murdering the people who murdered her baby, murdered the one that she loved. Mm. Oh, two weeks later, double. Now here's one thing that I did find goofy in this movie. Ricky died. Doughboy goes out and murders people. Uh, murders the people who murdered Rick that same night. The next day, Doughboy goes over to Trey's house, does his monologue. The next day, Ricky is buried. They don't do that that quickly, nowhere. Hell no. <laughs> Not with us. They don't do that that quickly, nowhere. There's no wake. There's, there's no, there's no, fuck, this is, this is the hood. There's no car washes to raise money for a funeral. The next day, the next day Ricky was buried, but the next day Ricky was buried and two weeks later, Doughboy was murdered. That fall, uh, Trey went to Morehouse with Brandy right across the way at Spelman. And Furious became a teacher at at whatever college, Columbus University, and ended up talking to somebody named Mr. Williams about whether or not he had a plan. For real? Man, you see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but overall, I just think that this movie is heartbreaking in a million different ways. But the primary way that it's heartbreaking is in the family construct and in the way that you see. I really feel like John was trying to reinforce that having a father in the house was one of the strongest things in the world. Because the houses that only had a mother in the house, you saw that they were in disarray. Either Brenda's house with uh, Doughboy and uh, Ricky or the crackhead, they didn't really show um, Chris. Chris got shot a long time ago. They didn't really show his house, but no, they didn't show uh, Nia Long's house. Brand they didn't show Brandy's house too much. We know that her mom was like, stay away from them fast ass boys, but we don't know if uh, what else is going on past that as far as a household. But it really did feel like he was trying to point out that if you have both in the family, you'll be better off for it. Uh, Scar, what's something that you thought did not age well in this movie? Most of it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, to think about like what didn't age well, we have to say about what did age uh, age well. The only thing that really aged well was Furious. Yeah, because and honest, what, what he taught. Honestly, let's see. There were Jerry curls that didn't age well. There were those Jinko looking shirts with the polka dots on the back that didn't age well. There were pacifiers that didn't age well. There was misogyny that didn't age well. Uh, let's see what else. There was the phrase... Treatment, treatment by the cops aged well. 
Yeah, yeah. Getting brutalized by the cops always is undefeated in any black movie. Um, actually, uh, to hear somebody else tell it, maybe not the uh, gang lifestyle. It didn't age that well. Maybe, you know, now there's more of a friendship because of the Black Lives Matter movement. I do see uh, Chris and Bloods tying their flags together. But Brandon, what do you think ate, didn't age well in this movie? Um, I didn't think the parenting aged well, mm. except for Larry for Furious. I thought he was pretty good for the most part. Uh, but when I say age well, it's always relative to how you speak of it. It's like, for example, like you can say the misogyny doesn't age well, but like people still talk like that, especially in or, the like, hood. <laughs> yeah, like that, that's exactly how people still talk uh, or speak to each other, and. And what aged well in the sense of that is they didn't portray it in this as good. Like some movies you watch, you know, they'll be rude as fuck to women and it's and they're portrayed as like the good guys. Like these mm-hmm. are the good guys. They didn't really portray that that way in this film. And they even when even when uh Doughboy said that they even had um Regina King's character to like counteract it, to be like, Why every time you call talk to a woman you gotta call him a bitch? Or who and also and I also put that was like one of my favorite quotes from the movie, even though it's it's like I said it was my problematic favorite quote because he said like, "Why you gotta call him a bitch?" And she he was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, my bad, ho." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's so fucked up," but at least they they didn't portray it as like it was a good thing or like that's normal. Uh, so I can I can at least separate that from the actual misogyny in the words. Um, I think that the violence in the film aged well because it wasn't like to me this was not nearly sensational as Minister Society. Like Minister Society to me was just way more sensationalizing like hood violence than this film did. Because um, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a situation where like they turned this into like shootouts. Right. Like, you know, that shit was just gratuitous to me in that film. Yeah, It wasn't, like, a choreographed, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, th- how different would this movie be if it was made post-Matrix? You know what I mean? Like, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think they made this movie today. It wouldn't be terribly different. It would just be... It'd be, like, dope, honestly. I feel like if it was made today... Yeah, it would pretty much be the same thing down the line, except for they might flesh out a few more things. Like what happened to Chris? Um, I think that this movie, uh, the the best quote in it to me is the either they don't know, don't show or don't care, or it's Furious's monologue about gentrification in the black neighborhood. But the, the but that whole that whole line is not really the truth now. They show it, they just don't show it, you know, they show it as a way to demonize in like how like every time there's, you know, talks about like, quote unquote, black on black violence, they always talk about Chicago and stuff like that, even though Chicago isn't the worst place in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, St. Louis is way worse, but no one ever talks about St. Louis. Um, <laughs> in a Republican governor. Yeah, and it's and it, and it's just like you know, 
in like the the whole Chicago thing really bothers me because like the last time that there was a list of like the most dangerous cities in the country, um, Chicago wasn't even in the top ten. Um, it was sixteen. Want to know what was fourteen? Richmond, where I live. Um, <laughs> so like it was just one of those things that is just kind of weird. Everyone always points to Chicago, and Chicago is nowhere near the worst. Um, but I think I think the the fact that they that they he was talking about them not mentioning it on the news that's not that didn't hold up because they do it now and that's all they do to try to make these areas seem worse than what they really are and they portray the rest of the world in some ways as like is like people think you always hear like on twitter people like I gotta get out of america and i gotta go somewhere else and i'm just i'm always like that i mean that's cool if you want to do that but that don't mean it's going to be a whole lot different than right. what you think's happening here, especially if you're black. Exactly. It, it could be worse, and especially if you're not black, it'd be much worse than other places. Who do y'all think? And I think this is pretty much unanimous. But I sought to ask: Who was the MVP of this uh, movie? Who was the star of this oh, movie? Oh yes, Larry Furious. Furious, one hundred percent. Yep, just checking. And the nigga's name was Furious. Like we can never understate that. Give me the motherfucking gun, Trey. Don't make me mad. I got a really good uh, who could play this person for you, Rashani. Doughboy's mom Mm -hmm. would be Alfrey Woodard. Ooh. I don't think the Fury would have been there with her. Honestly, and that's no joke. I just... You see that Fury and Luke Cage? True. True. (laughs) No, nah, so I was I was thinking Jennifer Lewis. She would do an excellent job as well. And they would both have the same disdain. Yep. <laughs> that disdain. But you know what? You know who I think would have would have bodied this? Now that we think about it, and like, you know, like now, who would have really bodied that role as as the mom? Monique. Monique would have bodied that shit. True. Mm-hmm. Because we seen her, Denzel, we've seen her go there. I, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but I actually think as good as Lars Fishburne was, I think Denzel as like the woke daddy would have been fantastic in that role. No, nah, but you, what you would have needed, you needed, if you were, were to recast this, you need to have someone that looks significantly older than his son. So you have to go Delroy Lindo. Ooh. Well, hold on. You don't want him to be too much older, though, because remember, he said, I had you when I was 16. But still, Delroy is older than you. Delroy would, if if this was done again at this time, Delroy would be too old. That is true. But let me think about this real quick. A year or two ago, Terry Crews, I mean, he had the weight bench in his living room. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that nigga. Fuck that nigga. Fuck that nigga. He got the range. He don't um, got the range to pull that off. But Idris does. In 1991? No, if this was made again now. Oh, today. Okay, if it was today. 1991, then yeah, definitely Delroy. Because when 1990, like Delroy played uh, the father in Crooklyn in like 95. So, yeah. I, I, think, I think Cuba Gooden Jr. wasn't that great. No, he, he became wasn't. a much better actor. 
I think you know who would have been better, honestly, Terrence Howard. Why are you shooting the Ricky, man? <laughs> Push that shit out. Terrence Howard would have been really good at that. Yeah. Or if it was like if it was like five years later, Will Smith would have been perfect for that role. I could see that too. But I don't think Will Smith had it in him in ninety one. No. Fresh Prince comes out, what, 94, 93, 94, somewhere around there? Mm-hmm. I yeah, I don't think at Will at that point. Will, I think Will is too too likable for this. Like, it's too, like, you would, it would be like, you know, like at the beginning of Drumline when you see um, Orlando Jones and immediately you start laughing because you expect something funny to happen. I think that's what, and like, he doesn't do anything funny in the movie, but like when you first see him on the screen and he's enjoying that jazzy rendition of when the saints go marching in or something like that. And like, you just start laughing because you expect something to happen. I think that's what I would be doing with Will Smith. Like you would expect something funny to come out of this at least. Who y'all think could have played Ice Cube's character? Hmm. Back then or now? Uh, now. Like, who's the gangster rapper that can act now? Nah, who's somebody with that sort of a presence? Damn, I can't think of anyone. Ice Cube, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> just get his, just get his son to do it like he did in the movie that right? I've still never seen. Um. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if, I, I don't know if I would just get Ice, Duke, Ice Cube to redo that shit now. Like, I don't see anybody else in that role. You can't. It's like hard to close your eyes and picture anybody in that role, which is why I actually had Doughboy as the MVP of the movie. It's, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, for people, um, video game people, they're making an Avengers game. And of course, they didn't want to license the MCU actors, so they all look different. And it looks funny as fuck. Like, this doesn't look and this doesn't (laughs) sound right. Because, like, you know, they made 20 something, like 22 movies uh, featuring these characters, and these characters are not in this game. And this shit looks and sounds funny as fuck. Like, that type of thing. Like, I I think that. I think that honestly, in this day and age, Trey will be played by the nigga who was uh, the young who who played the updated role of Superfly. I knew you were going to say that, fucking priest. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the dude who played him would be Trey. I don't remember what the dude's name is, but oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> what's um, what's what's Denzel's son's name? Uh, John D. John Washington. David. John David John can do David it, Washington. but if he did it, then Denzel obviously couldn't be furious. I mean, that works out Actually, perfectly, right? That would be great. <laughs> that would be that hilarious, but yeah. I think, but you know what? You know what will happen? Like, if they ever recast this, you know who they would put in that role? Fucking Jaden Smith. Like, that's what the, that's no. the kind of dumb shit Hollywood would do right now. No, they couldn't. They would, they would definitely make him Trey. Not again. <laughs> they would. <laughs> they got to stop trying to force feed uh Jaden on us, and I think he knows it too. But I think Trevor Jackson or John David Washington will be greatest Trey. Um, what do you think about um, James Avery as Furious? Back in the day, 
Yeah, back in the day. Back Obviously, because he's dead. Um, I think he could have pulled it off. He wouldn't have been that dude that uh, Brenda would have been like, hey, is your daddy still single? No. That's like That's like asking <laughs> if the dad from Roll Bounce could have done it, you know? They don't have the body type. We're too fluffy for that. Ain't that want that? What you call it? The Dan on Roll Bounce. It was um, what's his name? Does voice acting a lot for everything. It was a dude from Undercover Brother. I don't know. Um, am I am I getting this wrong? I'm getting this mixed up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Donnie Dan, Donald Glover could definitely be Trey. He could. He could. Donald Glover could definitely be Trey. Who's Dookie? <laughs> He was so pointless to me in this film. Dookie was just there to bring up AIDS awareness. Um, I, you know what? I, you know what? I think I would. <laughs> I would love to see this. This would never happen. But we already know that he was an actor. Um, I think you give that. I think you give it to Drake. I think you just let Drake run with it. I think he'd have a good time. I think so. Frank is Dookie. I, I would let Drake be Dookie. Yep. What I about? Was, um, what about Omar, young Omar, as Ice Cube's character? Young think, Omar? You know what? I I I walked away from that because of my wire references earlier. Um, but yes, absolutely. Hmm. But you would have to you would have to completely like Ricky has to be someone completely different. Yes. Yes. Ricky was such a non factor in this film to me. Yes. Like yeah, he was only Chester's there to get bullied. Was just, just, yeah, he was just there. He me. got bullied throughout um, the movie. His whole role was to be protected by Doughboy. Oh, no. Rashad, you know who could have pulled off Doughboy? Lorenz Tate. I thought you were going to say that. Really? I can see that. What Minute Society came out a couple years later, so he's just a little too young, probably at this point, to do that. But mm-hmm. uh, she's probably right around the same age. Actually, he's supposed to be a high school kid. Mm-hmm. I think he was like 19 in Menace of Society. So he'd have been like exactly 17 or 18 around here. And I mean, unfortunately, uh, Brandy's interchangeable. The, la- the women they had in this movie, with the exception of Brenda, are pretty much interchangeable. Yeah. Um, they didn't have Regina King do anything. She was yep. just... She just—that ah, was, ah, ah, was her. It whole was role. real startling seeing her play that type of character, though. Just out of everything that she's done, like the last ten years, mm-hmm. it was just like startling to see like her play that type of character. Yo, get in where you fit in. Um, but I, yeah, I heard, a, I heard an interview with her, and she was um, she started laughing and making fun of somebody, and I heard the kids like I was like, yo, because you know, like you know, she does the kids on the Boondocks, mm-hmm. um. Like she started laughing or something like that, and I heard the kids in her laugh. I was like, "Yo, that's creepy," because like you're you're actually seeing her and like hearing the kids come out of her mouth while she's like having a ball at something. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this film really was focused on like four people. Yeah, like that's it: Doughboy, Trey, Furious, and Doughboy's mama. And you know, Ricky was there. But nobody else really had any lines or anything. In fact, most of this movie was really just Trey and Furious. 
Rick, Ricky was just a prop. Bit. I think you can get yeah. any. You can get any. Like you know, like pick a football player, um, to, and put him in that role. Because he didn't range. He didn't really have to actually do much. I mean, like the most acting he had to do was like figure. Like, are you fucking serious? Like bigger, bigger, or whatever the fuck he said. Like, <laughs> like I think the, at the time. Jamie Foxx probably could have pulled off Trey. Oh, that's a good one. Back then, yeah, I think so. He's got he's kind of got that demeanor. He he could have definitely played that. He was young enough at that time to definitely play that character. And I think the the dude who um the dude from All American um yeah could have did Trey. He or Ricky. True. I mean, he um, plays football. Yeah. I mean, and, and he's British. That's weird hearing him speaking he his is? normal voice. Yes, he's very British. Oh man, oh, listen. Yeah, huh. he's British. Huh. Yeah. He, 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 he learned he learned how to talk like that mostly through music. Um just West Coast albums, basically. So yeah, I'm gonna put the dude from All American in as Ricky. Um mm-hmm. cause you know the football player. You need somebody with that size and everything to look like Ricky. Doughboy's gonna be a skinny looking motherfucker as Lorenz Tate. They called him Doughboy. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> There's you're no right. muscle that in Lorenz Tate at all. <laughs> that that don't fit. You're right. Oh man, but it's how like, was Ving Rhames then? Yo, back no. then, I don't know. But too no. old. Too old. He was. Yeah, 30, no, you know he might have been able to pull it off. He was in what? He was thirty. Thirty years old. Oh yeah, he's too old. Yeah, he's too old. Just Ooh, a little that reminds. Old. Yeah. Whew, we sitting here trying to figure out who could be who, but nah, Lorenz Tate cannot fill Doughboy's shoes at all. That's that's the that's oh, it's the obvious one we're missing. Ricky could obviously be Michael B. Jordan. I think he could pull out Trey also. I think I like him better as Trey. Yeah, I think, I think he'd be a much more earnest Trey. Than he would, I mean, than Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. just, am I the only one who felt like he was just skeevy? Like he was so old talking to Nia Long that it just looked like he was like, how the fuck you getting this party, 55 year old man? I say, you, you know what? I would have said pre Killmonger, I would say Trey. Post Killmonger, Doughboy. Yes. He's hopping up to play in post Killmonger. But yeah. pre, no. When he's like Wallace, <laughs> he's tri skinny ass. <laughs> yeah, that that lad, I found my daddy with panther claws in his chest. That is Doughboy. <laughs> that is that is where you need to go for Doughboy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found my daddy with panther claws in his chest. Like that's 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 real. That's a real ass emotion. What the fuck mm-hmm. to play Doughboy? I really can't think of anybody, y'all. Real talk, Lorenz Tate ain't it. Listeners, if y'all think of somebody you feel could play Doughboy, take Ice Cube's place and play Doughboy either now or in the past. Hit us up at Hindsight Pod. No, you know what? I got about damn All American, the nigga who played Tupac. Do he played an All American, but he also played Tupac in the Tupac movie? Yeah, he's skinny too. 
But I think he can pull. I definitely think he can pull off Doughboy. Caddy, mm, though. I think so. That nigga do look like Pac, but no. I don't see it. I mean, I, <laughs> he looked dead on Pac, but he ain't got no bones, no body size either. Um, the fuck is his name in this show? Uh, not Tyrone. Yeah. Demetrius what was that Schiff. movie? What was that movie, uh, Rashani, that we reviewed that uh, Daniel Kaluuya played that gangster? Oh, yes. Daniel can play. Yeah, <laughs> Widows. Talk about? Widows, w- yes. Widows. Yes. You could play Doughboy. That version of Daniel Kaluuya could absolutely play Doughboy. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put I'll put that one before I put Lorenz Tate. I couldn't remember what the movie was. Oh, oh man. Oh, boy from Star Wars is Trey. Oh, John Boyega. I, yeah. I didn't want to butcher his name. Yeah. So what we got right now is Denzel and Delroy is furious. Monique or Alfred Woodard as Brenda. Trevor Jackson, John David Washington, and Michael B. Jordan as Trey. Daniel Kaluuya as Doughboy. Daniel Ezra as Ricky. And Drake as Dookie. <laughs> Who's going to be uh, Monster, though? Nigga, don't even start. <laughs> don't even start with Monster. I, I mean, he had, the most, he had the most important part. He was the one who shot the dudes at the end. And like, he shot the ducks. <laughs> you, knew his, you knew his aim was true. Right. And Angela Bassett would play Angela Bassett. <laughs> she can be Angela Bassett forever. She doesn't age. Yep. She still looks exactly the same. Yep. Exactly the same. But yeah, let us know. It's hindsight pod with a zero for a O um, on Twitter. You can also go to our Facebook page and let us know. The Facebook page is Hindsight Movie Reviews. Let us know who you think could have played Doughboy in this movie. Like we're really curious. And this is this ain't going away anytime soon. Oh, um, if we if we don't have if we don't um, uh, we can put uh, Viola Davis could be the mom. Ooh, which one, Brenda or Trey's mom? I no, think no, she played Trey's mom. Yeah, Trey's mom. No. Uh, like, you, you, if if Angela Bassett is busy that day, <laughs> if she's too, if she's too busy, still, you know, with her skincare regimen, like, you know, you know what, what? <laughs> you know what, real talk. Real talk, though, just to see her flash on the teacher. But Viola Davis would be an excellent Brenda. I, I would believe every word she said when she told him they ain't shit because I've seen her for so long and how to get away with murder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trey's mom could be either Viola Davis or Angela Bassett. There's no reason to recast that at this point. Yeah, she's ageless. Yep. I think she's a vampire. Her and Pharrell are definitely That's, vampires. Sounds about right. Scar, go ahead and do your shout outs. Man, shout out to y'all for having me on. Um, this was this was a lot of fun. Um, and um, you know, just check out the things. I have um 
geeskunrod.com is where you can find most of the important stuff. Scarcasm Live is the podcast. Um, I, when, when I get around to it, I do paintings at uh, Peace Through Colors Arts and Crafts on YouTube. Uh, and I have a Facebook page for that one. Um, it's just a bunch of stuff. Um, so just, you know, hit me up. I'm Scarfinger on the Twitter, even though I rarely look at Twitter, but I do check for all of my mentions. Brandon, you got anything? Uh, yeah, uh, she was on my show this week, so shout out to our friend Charmaine. She's opening up a comic book store in Houston. It's going to be online first and then in person uh, in the Third War, so black comic book store in a, a predominantly black area. Uh, so go support that Gulf Coast Cosmos Comics. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find that on Twitter and everywhere. Hopefully when uh, they get up and popping and have a um, a ad that they want to do, we'll be more than happy to put their ad on our show for free. Um, and you're hearing that now. I will put your ad on my show for absolutely free so then everybody can hear about it. So when you hear this, hit us up. Let's go ahead and get that started. We are very proud of her. So let's support black businesses, support black woman businesses, um, support the homies, like real talk. Those are the three hashtags we need to always live by. Um, next week, we are talking the classic, the unstoppable New Jack City. And I'm telling you, I I am warning you right now, we're not going to be nearly as nice about that movie as we are with this one. <laughs> Did you know Martin Lawrence was supposed to be Pookie? Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that and lots more in the next week's episode. Thank y'all so much for stopping by. Y'all be good. Peace. Music for Hindsight is Coffee by Cambo Smith, and it's from the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.